Chapter Four of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Four, Allison's Fears. Mama said, "Allison, the next morning, as she put on the kettle she had just filled with fresh water from the spring, had you forgotten that Maurice is coming next week?" The mother looked up from the eggs she was beating, and she said with a bright smile, Oh, no, indeed, daughter, how could you think I would forget my dear boy for a minute? But suppose she is here yet, and the troubled expression in the dark eyes showed that this was not the first time she had pondered the possibility. Why, there is room enough, Allison, said the mother beating some cold rice into the milk and eggs for the delicate batter cakes she knew how to make to perfection oh yes room enough said the girl but mother think of it how can we enjoy his visit with her here she will just spoil everything and maurice won't like it at all i fancy i should enjoy his visit if there were a whole regiment of strangers here dear said her mother laughing and as for one girl being able to spoil it i think you are mistaken besides your brother is not so easily put out as that allison looked at her mother with the trouble still in her eyes she was evidently not yet satisfied though she went thoughtfully about setting the breakfast table but as she placed the forks and spoons at the stranger's plate a vision of that young woman in her bewitching black gown and gleaming white shoulders appeared and brought back her trouble in full force she went to the kitchen door and stood irresolute a moment watching her mother opened her mouth to speak and closed it again and then went back to her cups and plates she could not quite make up her mind to put her thought into words and wondered whether it was wise to trouble her mother with it even if she could if it could not be helped why give her mother the anxiety of thinking about it seeing she had not yet thought of such a thing for herself or had she did the mother think of it and calmly put her anxiety aside because there seemed a duty in the way she was walking allison drew her brows in thought and went to look out of the window twice she went to the kitchen door and began mother but when the mother answered she asked some trivial question about the table and turned away at last however she threw down the pile of napkins she was placing and deliberately walked to her mother's side mother she said in a low troubled tone i must tell you what i am afraid of didn't you notice how pretty she looked last night and how attractive she can be when she tries with all those beautiful clothes and city airs i can't help thinking what a terrible thing it would be if maurice should take a fancy to her and and marry her perhaps she finished desperately the mother stood erect and looked at her daughter full in the face gravely dear child she said do you think your brother is so easily influenced by a pretty face and a beautiful effect you give him little credit of discernment and besides do you not recognize a higher power in shaping our lives than a mere chance of meeting cannot you trust god when we are in the way of duty but is this the way of duty asked the daughter desperately what would you have me to do dear refuse my old friend her request tell the girl to go allison turned to the window with tears growing in her eyes 
wouldn't there be some other way she doesn't want to stay i feel sure and we could just encourage her to go back home i think that could be done without being any more impolite than she has been allison have you forgotten her aunt she is one of our oldest most valued friends she has come to our rescue in many a time of trouble and now she has asked us to help her is it less incumbent upon us to do it because it is unpleasant have you forgotten that this girl is a fellow mortal that your saviour died for her you have let your prejudice influence you largely and you forget the wide difference in your home surroundings her ideas of what is proper in dress and everything else are built on an entirely different standard from yours the life she has led is not hillcroft life i should think not said allison in a low repressed tone allison won't you try to know this girl's true character before you begin to hate her mamma i should think it was plain enough what her character is and you know i don't hate her only it's so hard to think of having maurice's visit spoiled by her and it would be just terrible to have her come between me and my brother i could not bear it i wish my little girl would learn to trust her troubles to her burden-bearer instead of carrying them herself you may be carrying all this woe unnecessarily it may be this sickness will not prove serious and she can go to her aunt's in a day or two but allison have you forgotten that you have been asked to make a friend of this girl and to help her mother i could never help her and she would never take any help from me said allison with firm conviction my daughter you do not know what you can do with god's help or rather what god can do with your help then the fried potatoes demanded attention and allison unconvinced but somewhat softened by her mother's words went back and finished her work quickly the guest however did not put in an appearance at breakfast time they waited as long as possible for her and then went on without her thinking she was weary with the long journey to allison it was a relief to have her father and mother to herself mrs gray realized this and tried to make the little time spent at the table as cheerful as possible speaking of the expected arrival of the brother and son who had been away for nearly a year and who was to give them a whole week of his precious society before entering his professional career in an eastern city but the sister's face was not altogether unclouded and she looked eagerly for the promised message from the doctor which she soon hoped would bring word that their guest might leave them soon but the doctor did not come and as the morning wore on and he did not send a message allison began to have a growing conviction that there would be no good news else it would have been brought before her mother tried to make her look upon the cheerful side insisting that no news was good news and trying to make her see how inhospitable she was to actually desire a visitor to leave but her usual ready smile was slow to come the mother grew troubled over this persistent feeling on the part of her usually sunny and helpful daughter it seemed strange that allison should take a dislike to another girl perhaps she did not realize how deeply some of miss rutherford's looks and tones of evident scorn had cut the sensitive nature allison writhed inwardly again and again that morning over remembered sentences and glances she worked grimly taking the utmost trouble to prepare for dinner a dessert so elaborate that it was usually saved for high occasions her mother smiling understood and let her alone 
and while she worked with foamy eggs, rich whipped cream and gelatin, she made up her mind that she would show this city girl how much a country girl could do, and how useless was a frivolous life of mere pleasure, forgetting that her chief aim should be to show her the adornments of a meek and quiet spirit. She let her eyes flash many times as, according to her impetuous habit of mind, she plunged into imaginary scenes and discussions with this new girl from another atmosphere. It was nearly eleven o'clock before the visitor came downstairs. She wore an elaborate white morning gown fastened at the belt with a clasp of gold and exquisite design. That dainty buckle worn on a morning costume accentuated the difference between these two girls to Allison. She would have kept such a rare ornament for her best gowns, but this girl doubtless had so many that it was quite common to her. Also, the stranger carried a novel in her hand, and looked as utterly carefree and lazy as Allison herself would have liked to be. Therefore she felt like a martyr, and was filled with self-righteousness, and made a show of much bustle and haste. She plunged herself into an unnecessary piece of work which could not be left without spoiling, so that her mother had to carry the dainty tray with a lunch of rich milk, brown and white bread and butter, and a bunch of purple grapes to the guest. Of this lunch Miss Rutherford partook leisurely, sitting in Mr. Gray's large rocking-chair, which always stood in the dining-room that he might take a brief rest whenever he came in a little before a meal, and the while read her novel. Allison could see her through the open door and was offended anew. Her frame of mind was growing worse and worse. She resented the stranger sitting in her father's chair. She resented her lying in bed and being daintily fed whenever she chose to arise. She resented the novel, and the white gown, and the beauty of the girl. And above all, she resented the fear that she would be there to share in her cherished brother's smiles and conversation. It was not that her brother Maurice was given to being bewitched by any pretty girl that came along, that she was so worried about this particular one. No, it was rather the reverse with the young man, but he had his mother's gentle, kindly way of meeting everyone pleasantly, and giving everyone a fair chance. It hurt Allison to think that this girl, who could be so hateful to her, would be given an opportunity to show how delightful she could be to others, and Allison was quick enough at character-reading to know that her brother would be more likely to receive smiles than she had been. She began to recognize in her own feelings an element that she did not admire, as the day wore slowly away. At last, toward evening, came a message from the doctor. The symptoms were very grave. The case was decidedly smallpox. Miss Rutherford desired her niece to remain where she was until the danger was past and she could plan to take her to a safe place. She intimated that she had received instructions from her brother, which made her anxious to have his daughter with her as soon as possible, that she had put her in the safest, happiest home she knew in the world, where she hoped she would be more than contented until the danger was past. This message was brought by a member of the doctor's family who had not been near the infected house, and had received it over the telephone from the doctor. But the young lady to whom it came declined to see the messenger or to touch the paper upon which the message was written, preferring to take it from Mrs. Gray's lips. She was annoyed beyond measure at its import, and retired to her room to consider plans for her own alleviation. 
she was certainly in no enviable frame of mind as she sat looking out the window without seeing the glowing tints of autumn leaves in such profusion the girl in the next room who had also fled to a refuge to bear her disappointment though she insisted that this was just what she had expected all the morning had the advantage of recognizing in herself the evil spirit that was dominating her being and had a will to be free from it not only that but she understood what to do in order to be free it was not long before she knelt beside her bed to confess her sin and to beg forgiveness and strength but her heart was yet hardened toward the intruder in her home it was perhaps not to miss rutherford's advantage that mention was made that evening of the expected home-coming of the son of the house it came about in this way mr gray asked his wife at the supper-table about some arrangements in the house which were to be made in view of maurice's coming and talk followed in which his name was used several times allison said little about him but once or twice a sentence of hers showed the guest that whoever it was that was expected his advent would give allison great pleasure she studied her curiously while she ate and the others talked wondering if he were some commonplace rustic lover and thought it a pity that this handsome girl should not have a chance among men who were of some account she sat on the porch alone after supper until allison and her mother had finished the work it never occurred to her to offer her assistance indeed she would not have known how to help if she had been so disposed she looked upon all the household tasks as menial not for such as she she had decided that afternoon to write one or two new york friends and beg for invitations she had written several letters confiding her disagreeable position and she felt certain that the returning mail would bring her an invitation to quit this dismal place believing that she had excuse enough to send to her father meantime she must while away the hours as best she might until her release it would be but a week at most she felt sure she yawned and wished for something to do she had read until she was weary of it she wondered if there were any fun to be got out of the town she must find out who this expected mr morris was as she had settled it in her mind his name must be though the family had spoken of him as maurice merely allison in obedience to her mother's request and in penance for her ugly thoughts of the morning came to the piazza and dutifully sat down to talk who is this mr morris you are expecting asked miss rutherford at once is he interesting does he intend staying long he isn't your especial property is he mr morris questioned allison puzzled and laughing as she suddenly comprehended the mistake then growing angry she further realized the import of the last sentence she said in a dignified tone i think you must mean my brother maurice he is coming home for a short visit he will be here a week perhaps oh indeed said the guest losing interest at once he is away working i suppose allison hesitated before she answered the color growing brighter in her cheeks and her eyes shining with the slightest bit of wickedness then she said in a strained tone yes he is away working why she had made such an answer she did not quite understand it gave her real pleasure to feel that for a little while before he came at least 
this girl would not look upon her precious brother as a possible subject upon whom to exercise her charms ordinarily she would have resented the evident slight in the expression about his working and would have proudly hastened to state that his work was that of a physician in bellevue hospital in new york and that he was about to enter the profession for himself with a fine opening and every prospect of success in a worldly way she was proud of her brother and would not have been willing to let this pass if he were not coming so soon to speak for himself and to show this supercilious young woman that he was in every way superior to her a little twinge of pride gave her pleasure as she thought of the surprise maurice would evidently be meantime the other girl was looking dreamily off into the garden maurice you said maurice gray that's curious she said musingly i know a man by that name and he is awfully nice too he's fine the girl on the step started almost imperceptibly had they then already met there was all the more danger in their meeting in his home and to have her call him awfully nice it was intolerable where did you meet him she asked in a cold tone which she forced to be steady my brother has been in new york oh it isn't your brother of course he's quite a different person i fancy my mr gray is quite a brilliant man he is a young doctor and i hear his prospects for the future are remarkable he's a good friend of mine or was i have not seen him for a year i met him abroad and in the moonlight her face took on a softened dreamy wistful look End of chapter four